Alrighty, last week uh, we started uh, part one of a, a two-part uh, message uh, of just talking about spending some time with God. And, and the whole purpose of it is, is kind of to rejuvenate our walk, our relationship with him. Um, it's something different than our devotions because those are very important, but I think everybody can attest to having ups and downs in our faith and times when we feel very dry. We feel like we're going through the motions and, you know, we're kind of in cruise control in our faith and, and those times are going to be there. But what do we do when those times are there? How, how, do, we, how do we refocus? How do we reconnect. And so we started talking about how to have time with God of uninterrupted communion. And remember, the the focus of this time is going to be for our relationship with God. It's not going to be about studying. It's not going to be about learning more theology. It's not going to be about, you know, doing and, and, you know, going and working for God, but just very simply talking about our relationship and strengthening our relationship with him. Now, usually when I counsel a couple that's having some marital difficulties, if they come to me for pastoring, one thing we usually talk about when, when couples are having problems is instilling a relationship development periods into their week. And what I mean by that is if a couple is having problems and struggles, um, if they're always dealing in their interaction with the problems and with the struggles, um, you know, the, the, the issues, analyzing their relationship, dissecting their relationship, if they're always working on it, and if they don't have that regular time just to be together, just to talk, to affirm one another, if, if, if your relationship is all about the, you know, the doing and figuring out and the analyzing, it soon becomes defined by that. It can become defined by the problems and, and the issues that are going on. And it'll eventually burn out. Well, folks, it's no different with our relationship with God. If we do not have time apart from doing, time apart from serving, you know, from, from studying God, dealing with issues of God in our life, if we don't have times of working on our relationship, of just instilling value of you to God and, and God to you, it's so easy to burn out in our faith. So, so that's why we've been focusing um, on these last two weeks, last week and then this week. Uh, I'm going to be giving you ten things, you know, for you to do, to say how, how can you shake some things up, you know, not just, this isn't for your devotion time per se because it's going to take more time uh, for you to do this, uh, to go through these ten things, but for you to just maybe kickstart your, your walk with God, your relationship with God again. Um, these things are given to you to enhance, to help you focus, to maybe direct you in, in that relationship. Now, last week, you remember, we talked about the first three. And this week, we're going we're gonna to go a little bit quicker. We're going to talk about the final seven. Um, these seven things that I'm going to mention today are probably things that we would more regularly associate when, when we spend time alone with God and, and so we're going to go a little bit quicker in them because, you know, it's going to be, you know, things that we have heard before, not a lot of new information, but maybe just a new focus here. Um, the first three, though, I, I, I want to kind of review them because they kind of set the whole stage for the final seven and things that we normally do. It, it, it kind of it, it sheds a, it puts a spotlight on them, I guess I would say, and, and, and that's what's going to enhance them. So last week, 
Um, we talked about preparation time, and, and I would also add, and this is for you who are online, um, you haven't gotten a bulletin. Within the bulletin, there are the 10 things that I'm mentioning over the last two weeks. They're going to be here. Um, and we have them available for you also on the Welcome Center. They're going to be out there for a couple weeks. The idea is that you just keep this in your Bible. And if there's some time you just, you know, that you want to spend with God or some time that you want to refresh it, you can pull these things out and you can go ahead and you can take a look at them. You can remind yourself and then you can participate in those things. All right. So the first one we talked about uh, last week, and again, this isn't, you know, um, you know, talking about our devotion time. You know, this is, this is something totally different. So when we come together, we're going to spend a little more time preparing. The first thing is preparation time. Coming together and really setting your mind and your focus on God. This isn't about trying to squeeze in your devotions. You got 10, 15 minutes and you can pull your Bible. And I'm, not, I'm not knocking that. Those are important times for us. But, but this is going to be totally different. What you're going to want to do as you enter into this time is you're going to want to develop a God mindset. Mindset. We talk about practicing the presence of God, seeing the presence of God in everything in our life. Um, second thing we want to do is we come together, we want to declare our intention to obey whatever God asks us to do. God, we're meeting you here, and, 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 and I'm, I'm just an open slate for you to write yourself on me. And, and I'm declaring myself, you meet me here, God. I'm, I'm going to follow through with whatever you lead me in. We talked about in that preparation time, um, there's some resources that you can bring. That would help you. you. Obviously, you want a Bible. Um, you know, you might want a notebook to be able to journal and to write some things down. You know, some commitments to Christ to remind yourself of them, to be able to go back. A hymnal, you know, to sing and to be able to praise. A church directory, a missionary directory. We talked about having all of those things as we, we're going to be praying and going through this time with God. We also talked in the preparation time that you've got to come, and, and in your heart and your mind, you've got to tell yourself, I'm going to be authentic. I'm going to be myself. I'm not going to come during this time. I'm not going to role play. I'm not going to come and I'm going to try to be this spiritual pastor. I'm just going to be open and honest with God. Regardless of whether that's beautiful or ugly, I'm going to be honest with God. I'm not going to hold back. We also talked about in preparation time of getting in a safe, comfortable place. You know, leave your cell phone behind. You know, get in a place where maybe you're not going to be interrupted by the kids or by other family-type things that are going on. That's going to be very important that you know you can, you've, you've got this time, but it's just you and God and not interruptions. And then finally, um, don't plan on doing all the talking when you come to spend time with God. You know, as you come in, in this time, you're preparing your heart, you know, I'm going to talk and I'm also going to listen to what God has to say. And you've got to come into that with a mindset. And that kind of leads us to the second point. You know, as we're, we're going to be listening to God, it's talk, it, we're talking about waiting on God. Hey, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. It's yet, it says, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. I mean, if you look at your relationship sometimes with the Lord, you know, it is weary. You do feel very tired. What's the answer to it? I mean, the answer is those who wait for the Lord. So we're talking about waiting on God, and we're not really good on waiting on anything. Everything is at our fingertips. Everything is instant today. The information that we get, the food that we want, it's all right there. But that doesn't work with God. We need to practice this waiting on God. I mean, that just, 
You know, we say, well, how do I, you know, listen to God and God speak to me? Well, let's talk about that for a moment here. Again, this is all review. Um, you know, when you come to spend some time with God, you know, let, let God just love you. You know, one of the things is, is we were doing the worship here today, and I, again, I, I mentioned to you that my mind is all over the place right now, and, um, you know, some of the things that we were singing about are just, you know, to personalize them. I mean, God's grace that he's given to me, to you. How much he has forgiven me. How much he has forgiven you in your life to, you know, to, so you can be a child of his. You know, thinking about the hope that is forward for us and the, the value that we are to God. Just, just let all of those things, let God love you and instill those things in you. And after you've done that, let God then search you. You know, I, I, again, we may even feel that we're being genuine with God, but folks, God knows us better than he knows ourselves. And sometimes, you know, it, it's hard for us to reveal the real us to God. I mean, Psalm 123, uh, 139, verse 23, you know, it's a prayer there. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And you're praying, you're opening yourself, God, I want you to search me. You know, you know the real me. So after God, you let God love you and pour himself on you, let God search you, then let God show you. You know, we all have a lot of decisions to make. We all have a lot of things going on in our life. Let God begin to reveal those things to you. You know, reveal things in your life. This brings us to the third point I talked about last week is confession time. Unconfessed sin is a roadblock in your relationship with God. It's a wall. It's a fence between you and a connection with God. Confessing our sins to God is important. Restoring our relationship to God. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. It speaks about encumbrances, sin that entangles us, things that are, that are weighing our relationship down. And so when I'm going to come and I'm going to, to, to have an intense time with God and get back and connect with him, a part of that is going to be confessing, confessing my sin to him. Um, along those lines, we talked last week about, you know, don't, don't just wait for your devotions or for an extended period of time to confess your sin. Um, confess your sin immediately. You know, when God lets you know that you don't have to wait to get private and quiet with God, just confess your sins immediately. Um, we also talk that no one is beyond the need to confess. I mean, First John tells us that if we say we have no sin, we make God a liar, and the truth is not in us. We all sin. We all fall, so that means we all need to confess. Third thing we talked about is that God is never surprised by what I've done. God's not surprised by my sin, so be honest with him. You know, we're not going to shock him. We're not going to knock him off the throne by something we reveal to God of ourselves. He knows you know, we're just, we're just kind of lining it up and saying, God, I know you know, now I know. And now we can deal with it. And if we're open, authentic, and seeking God, God will always reveal himself to us. You know, always, and you say, well, I, I don't know, you know, have, have I confessed all my sins? If you're open and honest with God, he'll show you. He'll show you where the, the roadblocks are and the things that you need to confess and take to him. Right? So those are the three we looked at last week. We looked at preparation time. We looked at waiting on God. And the third thing, we looked at a confession time of, of clearing the channels between us and God. Now, 
we're going to number four. And again, these are more the traditional type of things that we're used to here. Number four is Bible time. You know, the Bible is God's revelation of himself. He's telling us things about himself that we would not know unless he had revealed it to us. So when we go to the Bible, we want God to reveal himself to us. We want God to, to, to lead us through his word. And so we're reading, you know, for a purpose. We're not just reading to, you know, put in my, I need to read four chapters every single day to read through the Bible in a year. I'm reading with a purpose that God reveal yourself to me. Um, it says in Psalm 19, verse 8, he says, The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. I mean, all of, of Psalm 19, of Psalm 119 as well, talks about the value of God's word. It, it revives us. It strengthens us as God reveals himself to us. So during this time, we, uh, when we go to God's word, we want our eyes open during this time. Again, we're not just repeat, reading to re- complete a chapter or a book or our devotions. Um, we aren't going to just read the word, but we're going to pray the word. We need to internalize the word. And, and when I talk about praying the word, and pe- you know, a lot of people, oh, I pray the word. Well, you know, prayer is just talking to God. And so you're going to, as God's revealing himself to you, you're going to talk to God. So literally, you're going to be praying. You're going to be speaking to God about what he is revealing to you. You know, you want to do this while you're reading your Bible. I mean, you may, you may sit there and you think, wow, we read in the Bible about all these times that God came and spoke to people. And you may say, man, I wish God would come and say something to me. He has. He has in his word. He has said something to you very personally. So as we read God's word, we need to read it in that light. Don't read the Bible like, you know, you're in some third party, third person here. You're on the outside viewing God and, and what he has to say and what he is doing. God's word is personal. It is direct. It is powerful. So how do you, how do you pray God's word? Well, let's talk about that here. Um, I would suggest if you're going to pull away and have a, a time with God that, you know, an extended time that you want to kind of revive your relationship, I would suggest that when you go to God's word, you start with one of the epistles in the New Testament. You know, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, one of those books, because those are very personal letters written to, to Christians in churches. So they're, they're a little easier for us to personalize because the message is, is written to people, us. It's being written to us. You need to personalize the message. Um, you know, make, make what you read personal. Insert your name in to that verse where it says you, put, put your name in, you know, that, you know, when it makes a declaration of what a Christian is, put your name in there. I mean, Larry Marvel, you are, you know, loved by God. Larry Marvel, you are forgiven. You are, you are anointed. You know, make that very personal. Don't, like you're reading it in a third person, you know, personalize it. You know, verbally rephrase a verse to bring it into your life and to, into your situation. You know, sometimes it's, it's culturally, it's dealing with something 2,000 years ago, but, but make it deal with what you're going through today. You know, personalize it. Um, see yourself in the life of the people. You know, likeness in their situation to your own situation. And what does God have to say about it? For example, um, we're going to put a verse up here, and we're going to keep it up there for a while. Ephesians chapter 1, 
verse uh, 3 and 4. I'm going to put that up there. Let, let, let's, let's pray this word for just a second, personalize it. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him in love. Okay? There's a lot in there that we can personalize. Just to read it back, blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed Larry Marvel with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose Larry Marvel in him before the foundation of the world, that I would be holy and blameless before him in love. You see, it's a different than I'm reading it about somebody and I'm reading it about myself. As a Christian, this, 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 all these truths are my truths. All this revelation God has, has given to me. So we, we need to make it personal. You know, the second thing you need to do is read and respond to what you read. And sometimes we just read it, now what do we do with it? We'll respond to it. Um, I would encourage you, again, you know, take a portion like this, just, just two or three verses at a time, and, you know, not a whole section because it's hard to respond to a whole section because it's moving in and out uh, of different thoughts. But just take a couple thoughts, you know, a verse or two, and then respond to them. And, and this is where you might want to, if you have a notebook, this is where you might want to, you know, write some things down if you journal, you know, some things that, are, that stood out to you that God is saying to you. So you can remind yourself, you know, that, that I am... You know, I have all spiritual blessings given to me because of Jesus Christ. Remind yourself that you are. You are chosen. If you're a Christian, you are chosen. You are valued by God. That before God the Father, because of Jesus Christ, I am holy and I am blameless. I mean, I may not feel about it, but, but that's how God's... Father sees me. He sees his son, Jesus Christ. Again, we're, we're, we're personalizing. We're responding to what we're reading here. And most important, the third thing is stop wherever God's spirit is speaking to you. Uh, again, when we're trying to get through a portion of scripture, we tend to, you know, something really sparks us, but we keep reading because we're trying to make it through it. That isn't the point here. The point here is to commune with God and to talk with God. So don't rush past a verse that God is stirring. If, if, if you read something that, boy, really resonates with you, you know, and, and, and you know, maybe if you, you read it next week, something else in the verse different would resonate with you. But, but stop. Wherever God is, he, he's intersecting with you right there. So stop. If you only get through one verse, that's okay. That's the point. Our, our point is to have this connection with God. If God wants to talk to us about something, that's where I need to stay until he is done talking to me about that. Hey, that leads me into number five. So we have our Bible time. We're reading God's word. We're opening ourselves up. We're, we're, we're personalizing it. The number five is meditation time. Meditation time. And, and again, that's a big word, and, and maybe the world has so corrupted it that as Christians we, we tend to shy away from this. Uh, but meditation is so important. You know, this is a two-way communication, you know, between God and myself. This is where that still small voice of God can lead me and guide me and, and, and intersect with me. And you want to leave a good amount of time for this. Um, don't rush through it. You know, God's not in a hurry. He's telling you to be still and know that I am God. 
and he, he's waiting for you to be ready. And so don't rush through this meditation time. You know, you, you've heard the saying that it's easier to steer a moving vehicle. And, and, and that's true. So meditation, biblical meditation, it, it's not about what the world talks about meditation, about emptying your mind of all thoughts and everything. That's not what you're doing. Your, your biblical meditation is focusing your thoughts. Focusing your thoughts on God. Emptying your minds but filling them with God. Emptying my minds of maybe the, my responsibilities at work or in the family, or whatever it might be that you have coming up, just putting those aside, and but filling your mind with God. You know? Uh, how does what I read apply to my relationship with God? That's what I'm meditating on. What did I just read? What, you know, let God speak to me here. You know, how does it apply to, to myself? How does it affect me personally, and how I will live, and how I will walk? You know, what does it say about my spiritual journey? or maybe a particular situation that I find myself in at that moment. You should just be quiet and let God's word speak to you and direct you. You know, and, and this is what's happening during the time of meditation. Psalm 1, verse 2 says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Meditation is important. Psalm 19, verse 14 says, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable into your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. The meditation of my heart, the quietness to allow you to speak, you know, you, you to come, you know, into my heart. So that's number five, meditation. Number six, intercession time. You know, it's important for us to be praying for one another. And, you know, I find that as I am praying for other people, God is also ministering to me as we're, you know, talking about their hurts and their needs and their directions. You know, it's kind of like he's reflecting those back right to me. So we need to have a, a, a time of praying for others. First uh, Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 through 4 says, First of all, then, I urge you that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men, for kings and for all who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all goodness and dignity. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Father, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So it, it, it talks about us praying for, for everyone. You know, praying for everyone. I mean, underline verse 1. This is what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be praying for one another. You know, uh, you know, this is where the pictorial directory or the missionary directory would be important to you. You know, take some time and just go through it. And God will lay your, on your heart individuals and people and, and, and maybe bring back conversations or some things that they'd shared with us for us to be able to pray for one another and for our missionaries and, you know, for what they are doing overseas. Um, you know, prayers of intercession, you know, God, going to God on behalf of somebody else. I know I've, 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 I've shared this so many times. I'm, I'm so thankful for the people that pray for me because, because, you know, sometimes you get so busy or sometimes you're so close to what's going on and, you know, wrongly so, we forget to pray. But others are praying when I'm maybe too weak to pray or too distracted to pray. You know, others are praying for. So that's why it's important for us to pray for one another. Praying of thanksgiving, you know, we get so locked into praying for needs of other people. Have we ever prayed just thanking God for other people? 
going through the church directory or a missionary directory, just telling God how thankful you are for that person, praying a blessing on them. I mean, can you imagine what would happen in our church family if we all did this on a regular basis? If we spend more time thanking God for one another, if we spent more time just praying a blessing on one another, now, I mean, how God would just transform our church family. It talks about praying for one another. It talks here about praying for leaders, you know, praying for our government, praying for our boss, for our pastors, for, you know, our elders, our deacons. You know, pray a blessing on them as well. You know why? It says in verse 2, for kings and all who are in authority so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. So as I'm praying for them, it, it, it's kind of reciprocal. It, it, it kind of comes back. You know, I want to tell you along this line, um, this is what is so important about our Wednesday prayer meeting. And, and I, I will say, we only have a few that come. You know, we have anywhere from three to seven or eight people. I wish it was more. Folks, if you ever have thought, well, I just have a struggle, you know, praying for a long period of time. I, I don't think anybody who was ever there at that prayer meeting would, would say that we were struggling to pray. Matter of fact, I mean, you know, we have a hard time, you know, finishing at 7.30. I would probably say we pray uninterruptedly for a good 45 minutes straight. You know, we start by sharing prayer requests, you know, things that we know that are going on that we're going to pray about later on. And then we just start moving through prayer and, and talking to God and talking about the church and talking about one another and individuals and our missionaries. And, and then we pray for uh, a quarter of the church every, every single Wednesday. And that's important. And I, kinda, I, I come away from that. I'll be honest with you. It's, it's hard sometimes to come. But there is never a time that I have come that I have regretted it, that I have not come, that God has not done something probably more in me than he did in those that I prayed for. It's important, and I would encourage you. You know, the Wednesday prayer time, we meet at 6.30, and we go until 7.30. Um, and and it's, it's, there's no preparation. You just come with an open heart. We pray conversationally, so it's not like we pray around the room and, you know, you're, you're going to pray for, you know, five, six, seven, ten minutes. No, you just we pray for one request, and some, one person adds to it, another person adds to it, and we just kind of build off one another. It's a beautiful thing. And I would just encourage you to be part of it. Um, I think in many parts that the, the, the prayer meeting is, is well, number one, it's the key to the, the church and what's happening and what God is doing. And, and that's why we want to expand it to in, include as many people as possible. Okay? So anyway, so we're praying. Um, it, it says also in that verse, in verse 3, it says this type of prayer, it says it pleases God. And then in verse 4, it says it reveals God's heart to us as we pray as we pray. Prayer can change the atmosphere of a situation. It can change the atmosphere of our life to be praying for one another. Okay? Number seven. Move a little bit quicker here. Petition time. Okay? Petition time. And this is what you normally think about when you pray is we're asking things. We're bringing things, needs, problems, situations to the Lord. Well, this is where, yes, we still need to have that time. There is a time that we need to be praying for ourselves. Remember in the Lord's Prayer when the disciples said, Jesus, teach us how to pray? Remember part of his prayer was, give us this day our daily bread? You know, that, that's, that's praying for ourselves. You know, praying for the needs, praying for what's going on in our life. 
So God wants us to do that. He wants us to come with our life. You, you want your kids to come with you with you know, problems, situations, needs that they have in their life. You don't want to find out second and third hand. You, know, you want to be directly involved in it. And, and God wants us to bring those things. Um, I, would, I would say for you, um, let me talk about some things as we pray for ourselves that are important. Uh, four things I'm going to give you. Number one, we need to pray thy will be done when we're praying for ourselves. Um, when, you, when you come and you bring your personal things that are going on, if there's ever a time that your motives are going to be impure, it's probably going to be when you're praying for yourself. Okay? If there ever is going to be a time when I may not have the purest motives, I'm not saying intentionally, but that the, my motives can be shaded, it's going to be when I'm praying for myself. Uh, folks, when I am praying for you, it's, it's much easier for me to say, you know, God help so-and-so to stand in the midst of the trial. Help their faith to be strengthened. Give them trust and obedience. I pray that for you. When I pray for me, it's, Lord, get me out of this mess, <laughs> you know? And, and so it's much easier, you know? So, so we need to pray, thy will be done, you know? Um, this isn't a wimpy prayer that we're asking something, but in the end, we don't really expect God to do anything. But, but what we're doing is just aligning ourselves with God. Um, God knows my desires. He knows the, my needs, the things that I have. Um, I'm not praying to change God's mind. He is sovereign. I am praying to align myself up with what he is doing. Whether I like it or not, God, help me to align, to understand what you are doing in my life and help me to align myself with what you're doing. Um, we, we've, we've said this before, but my, my prayer should not be, God, bless what I'm doing. But our prayer should be, God, help me to do what you're blessing. That's what I'm seeking, God's will. I'm seeking his direction and, and trying to get myself aligned in that. Okay? Second thing when we pray for ourselves, and again, we'll move a little quicker here, be honest with God and, and with your problems and your feelings and needs. We, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, sometimes, you know, we, we think we can't be open and honest with God. Folks, we can. If you're frustrated, you know, let God know. You know, anger, discouraged. If you're bubbling over in joy, just be honest with God. Respectful, but honest. He knows anyway what, what's going on in the churning of your heart. Doesn't, doesn't help. It wouldn't help for me to come up here and, 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 you know, falsely say, man, I'm so excited to be here. I've been looking forward to this. I am so, you know, zoned in. I, I'm not. I wasn't. And let's be honest with God as we're talking. He, he, he moves in the midst of that honesty. Um, if you're not honest, God can't help you to work through your feelings, especially your wrong feelings if you're not opening up to him. Um, the book of Psalms is a good example of that. You know, the Psalms, most of the Psalms are prayers that... The author is wrestling with things with God, and, and they've been put to music and everything, and, and they're precious to us. That's why we so resonate with the Psalms. A good example of one of the Psalms, Psalm 73, verse 2 through 5. The psalmist, he, he writes, he says, but as for me, here's something he's wrestling with. My feet came close to stumbling. My steps had almost slipped, for I was envious of the arrogant, and I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no pains in their death, and their body is fat, and they are not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like mankind. I mean, he's wrestling with this, you know, why do the, the wicked prosper, you know, and the righteous perish? God, I'm looking around you, and it doesn't seem right. 
And, and if you read this whole psalm, as he's working through the psalm, and he's, he's being honest with God, he comes towards the very end, and God is moving his heart and moving his thoughts. And he comes down to verse 16 in, in Psalm 73. He says, when I pondered to understand this, it was troublesome in my sight until I came into the sanctuary of God. Then I perceived their end. Surely you set them in slippery places. You cast them down to destruction. How they are destroyed in a moment. They are utterly swept away by sudden terrors. I mean, as he wrestled with everything going out here, slowly, slowly, God brought him in here. And he understood he understood their end. Yes, they look like they're prospering. Yes, it's for a moment, it's for a time. But ultimately, even though the righteous are suffering, even though Christians are suffering today, ultimately, when I came into the sanctuary of God, I understood their end, and I understood my end as well, what God has for in store for me. So it's very important, again, you know, to be honest with God. And that's what the Psalms show us, an honesty with God. So when you come to God, be honest with him. You know, what you're feeling, what you're going through. Be respectful, but be honest. Number three, talk to God about the little things. Uh, we have a tendency, I, th- I think because, you know, we, we get in this habit when we share prayer requests, we only share the big ones, you know, and, and, and probably rightfully so. You know, I mean, if there's ten people in the room. If we all shared all the little things going on, it would be too much. So we only share the big ones. But then we kind of get in this habit of we only bring the big things to God. You know, I wonder how much we miss because we try to handle the little things ourselves and only bring the big projects to God. I mean, we talk about, you know, when we're sick or we lose our job or something along those lines. But but what would would change if we talked about and we just prayed, Lord, you know this person at work I'm around and, um, you know, help me to love them today. Just very simply, help me to be able to reach out to them and show them your love. A simple little prayer like that. Or help me to be pure at work, my thoughts and my actions. You know, to take the little things to God as well. And then number four, uh, this is where we talked about keeping a personal journal. Um, You're going to want to write things down if you can. Um, Keep a notebook. You know, and the purpose of this is for you to be able to look back and see what God has done. Things that you have been praying about. And this is going to encourage you as well. So I would encourage you to have this part of your prayer time. Okay, we have three more. We're going to go real quick here. Number eight, application time. Application time. Identify what God is saying to us and work through how you will begin to obey. Okay, again, writing this down in a notebook might help you. What God says to do and what he lays on your heart, this is what I want to do. This is what I feel God wants me to, to write this down. You know, put it in print. You know, help it stick to you. Um, after time with God, you should have just a few things to do and apply. When you're done having a time with God like this, you shouldn't have 23 things to work on. You, you should have maybe one or two. You want to stop there. Or you get too many there, just, you, know, you can't see the trees because of the forest or whatever. You're not going to work on them all. But have a few things that God has laid upon your heart and, and focus on them, coming away with some things to begin doing in your walk. Number f- nine. Faith time, okay? Praying in faith, believing what God has revealed to you, believing what God is directing you in, believing in faith for positive results, for God's will. I mean, Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please him, 
For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who seek him. So we need to have a time when we, we, we come to God in faith. He's saying he wants to do this in you. He is guiding you, directing you. Maybe some of the steps you're going to do are very difficult things. You need to be in faith, claiming the promises of God. You know, invoking God's working in your life. Trusting God. You know, uh, an expectation that, God, you're, you're in this with me and that you're going to be, you know, guiding and directing me. Okay? Then after that faith time, I would encourage you to end with a time of praise and thanksgiving to God. You know, and, and, I, and I know a lot of times you might say, well, let's start with this, and I can understand that because it kind of puts your focus on God. But I would encourage you to end with this as well. A praise and thanksgiving to God. Um, you know, praise and thanksgiving, they're two different things. They're not synonymous for one another. Praise is recognizing God for who he is. We just praise God for who he is. Thanksgiving is recognizing what he has done. And they are different. And I would encourage you to first praise God. Focus on God for who he is, and then give thanksgiving. And, and here's why you want to do it in that order. Because sometimes things may not be going very well for you in your life. I mean, you know, life on this side of eternity can be hard. And you don't feel like giving thanks. You don't feel like thanking God for your job or for your home, at least not genuinely doing it. You know, you don't feel like thanking God for your kids or for your health. External things these things constantly change. But God is ever the same. God is. And I can always remember that. So when I give praise, I am recognizing God for who he is. And I want to start by just you know, focusing on his love and his mercy and his power and that he's all-seeing and he knows everything and he has grace and he has forgiveness. I want to focus on those things. And I find that as you praise God for who he is, it has a way of suddenly turning thanksgiving into what he has done. And, you know, we worship God not because he's blessed us. We worship God not because he's given us a job. We worship God not because he's given us help. We worship God because God is God. And that's period. We praise him for that. You know, it's kind of like Job said, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And when I have nothing but that but praise to God, you know, when I focus on that, then suddenly I come back and suddenly some maybe things at my job or in my home, in my family, whatever's going on in my life, I can, I can genuinely praise him or, or, excuse me, give a thanksgiving for that. Thank you. And even thank you for this trial that I'm going for because I've reminded myself of who God is. All right, so those are the ten things. And I want to close this morning by encouraging you um, you know, what we've been talking about in these past two weeks. Whatever you do, I, you know, I had a number of people talk to me after the service last week, and, and they really appreciated it and said that, you know, they really needed something like this in their life. And I want to encourage all of you. I mean, it does no good to look at this, and yeah, we agree with this, yeah, this is great, and then don't do anything about it. You know, if a coach lays out a play, gets the teammates together, and they all go out there and they just do their own thing, you know, nothing's going to happen. You know, this is God's playbook. This is, these things are from the word of God. And God has called us to have a personal relationship with him. God has given us the privilege of knowing him. Knowing him in, in, in an intimate level. And the things I've talked about these last couple weeks here, you know, these are just things to enhance that, to, to help focus that. But if you don't apply it, 
if you don't go away and, and do some of these things, uh, you know, then you probably already have the answer to the question. You say, well, what, why doesn't God seem real to me? Or, you know, why do other seem, people seem to have a different relationship with God than I have? You know, you've you got to go to the game plan. You've got to go to what God has revealed in his word, you know, about the relationship he wants to have with you. If Christianity is only academic and doing for you, then you're missing the most important part of your faith. You're missing a relationship with God. And that's what he wants to have with you, first and foremost. He is more concerned about his relationship with God than you being a Sunday school teacher. He's more interested in your relationship with God than you being on the worship team or me preparing a message. He cares more about that intimacy, not about what I'm doing. Yes, those things are important. Those things are out there. They flow out of my faith. But they flow out of my relationship with God. This is important. You know, I, I heard this this past week. Uh, and it says, what we're really saying when we say we don't have the time to do this, what you're really saying is that it's not as important to me as other things that I spend my time on. Ouch. <laughs> that hurts. That's true, isn't it? About anything. What we're really saying when we say we don't have time is that we're saying other things are more important for me to spend my time on than this thing. And folks, this is important. You know, I encourage you to give it a priority. This isn't something, all of this we're talking about, that we do every single day. You know, but, but you know, to have those times when we're looking at a relationship and, and, and we see, you know, the fire, you know, maybe isn't there, to, to rekindle it, to get back to some of these things. This is important. Give it a priority. You know, do something to, you know, make this part of your walk with the Lord. Spouses, I would encourage you to, to help one another. If, if it means for you to say, I'll watch the kids while you go away and, you know, spend whatever it is, the afternoon with God, however much time you need, that, I, that's important for you. And, and be willing to help one another. And once again, and I'll close with this, again, these are, you know, we have them for you. I encourage you to keep them in your Bible. We have a, about 25 extra copies on the back of the Welcome Center. So you online, uh, when, you, when you come in here, you can go ahead and grab one of those. We'll keep them up there uh, for the next week or two. All right. Let's have a word of prayer. Father God, um, this is a lot. And it can kind of be overwhelming to me. God, I so thank you. I just I, I start with that point that you want to have time with me. That you want me to turn my thoughts to you. My attention to you. To give you priority. To block everything out and for it to be Jesus and me. And I pray that you will lead in our hearts, Father. I know Satan is going to oppose this, oppose our time and the practicality of this. But God, I pray that this will become a priority to us. And if this could help in, in even the smallest way enhance our relationship with you, then I will thank you, Father. I will thank you for drawing me to yourself, opening my, the eyes of my heart to you and to who you are. And I confess to you, Father, there is nothing greater in this life, more important for me to do right now, is to have that closeness with you. Thank you, God, for wanting it and desiring it. 
I got to say, Lord, I look forward to that day to stand before you. Well, maybe I'll just understand it a little more. Why it would be so important to you. Why you would care about me and about everything going on in my life. Why I am precious to you. Why you gave your life to pay for my sins, to draw me to yourself, to bring me into your family. Father, right now, no matter what, it's only going to be a shadow, but one day I will know and I will understand. Help me, Father, to make this a pursuit of my faith. And I'll thank you in thy son's name.